Do you ever find yourself confused when it comes to health and fitness? Have you been searching relentlessly on the most effective ways to achieve your fitness-related goals, only to find yourself even more frustrated? Well, we've got you covered. It's time to learn from the best, shorten your learning curve, and truly understand how to achieve your goals without spinning your wheels and wasting precious time. Welcome to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. My name is Mike Perry, and I'm here with Brett Jones. Brett, uh, Brett's cat was just crying, so he was a little, uh, you know, a little concerned. But are we good in the? Are we good as the cat? Are we good to go? We're good to go. Cat, right. cat is just lonely, and uh, as always, wants food. And uh, but yeah, he's he's good. It's kind of like me. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm not that. I'm That's not right. that dissimilar. <laughs> That's some me on Sunday nights when I have the Sundays. No, <laughs> you um, case the Mondays. We're not talking great. I, n- now you got me thinking of Office Space, and I was also thinking of Garfield. I just because yes. of the cat thing, because you know Garfield is a. Anywho, um, reel it in, Perry. Um, <laughs> today we're going to be talking about the art of communication. And this is something that we're going to sort of dedicate a few different podcasts on. Um, But today we're going to really cover presentation skills. And uh, when people hear that, some people are like, awesome, I want to learn more. Other people are like, get me out of there because I don't like people and I don't want to be in front of people. Um, But here's the reality. If you're a coach, you're presenting, whether it's in a one-on-one setting, small group, large group, team, lecture hall, you name it, you're always presenting. So how you do that matters. And um, I've been fortunate enough to have some really, really good coaches that have helped me, Brett being one of them, um, Diane Vivies, who is fantastic, and uh, people like Greg Rose, who, you know, we'll probably tell that story a little bit about speaker school here in a bit. Um, But um, I, I think, you know, first of all, I think you need to find people that care about that process and want to help you with the process. Um, sure, you can go on YouTube and you know look at how to do you know certain things or how to be a better presenter. But I think having someone see you present day in and day out that can give you feedback can be super super valuable. So um, communication matters, and, and and that's why we're going to just talk about you know the basics of how to be a clear and concise communicator. Hundred um, percent. I mean, I, I'm at this point several hundred uh, workshops, certifications, events down the road uh, in, a, in a 20 plus year career of, of traveling, presenting, teaching. Um, not only that, 25 plus years in, in working with, with students and, and uh, as a trainer, athletic trainer, um, you know, a, a lot of years behind this. And um, it was Greg Rose and an FMS speaker school that really kind of re-sparked. Uh, I had fallen into some habits. Um, I, you know, I tell the, I talk about it as, you know, if you've seen the Febreze commercial things, you've gone nose blind to, uh, there are things you've gone presentation blind to, um, that you're doing that you're not aware of that might be driving people away, uh, might be really hurting your message and your ability to, to get things across, uh, something as simple as walking around with a coffee cup, 
you know, where we might think, you know, that's just, it's 8, 15 a.m. on Saturday and you need your coffee. Uh, but to the people that are watching that, that can come across in a really negative fashion. So um, we're going to cover uh, some, some different topics on this, but uh, especially if you've been doing it a while, like you need to pay attention to to what you're doing. And then if you, if you would consider yourself more of the uh, introvert um, and you still need to present, um, it doesn't mean you can't. I think, you know, there's a lot of misinterpretations and mis misperceptions surrounding introvert, extrovert, uh, things of that nature. Um, I do remember being at a meeting and Pavel pulling me aside and going, what's it like to be the only extrovert here? <laughs> and I'm like, it's great. <laughs> it's center stage. Uh, but if, you know, if you're an introvert, uh, these are, these are lessons and things that you can, um, you can learn, you can progress with. And I, and I do remember after I had released Iron Cardio, uh, the video, um, God, I just had a Spaceballs flashback. Spaceballs, the lunchbox. Uh, Iron Cardio, the video. The toilet paper, uh, sorry. The <laughs> and s somebody that does present and, and, and do things for a living was uh, sent me an email and said, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I watched your video and I was just amazed. Like, you did a two plus hour video where there were almost zero ums, uh, you knows, okays. Uh, although I will say so is my, my go-to, uh, kind of like game changer for somebody else that I know. Um, <laughs> so currently I'm flipping bread off. <laughs> you will never see this, but yeah. So yes, we will. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I knew that was coming. All right. Continue. Jerk. Okay. So, uh, but you know, your, your ability to put that message across and to, <clears throat> to effectively communicate is going to determine a lot of success in a lot of different areas, whether that's a one-on-one -on -one consultation or whether that's presenting in front of a few hundred people. Uh, so let's get into it. I'm just writing a note after you made that comment. Um, anywho. So I think the first thing you need to really understand when you're teaching, presenting, coaching is why are you doing that? What is your intent behind it? Because as a coach, um, as a lecturer, as an educator, um, when I'm teaching, my goal is to dump all of the information I have into that lecture. So those individuals feel like they got the best of me for however long we had, right? So <clears throat> I think if you are going and your, your, your goal is to present or lead groups or whatever, you have to do it with a place of wanting to give and wanting to help and wanting to um, just be an asset to those individuals that you're working with. Because um, people can tell if you're trying to sell them like right out of the gate, right? And, and we've heard, uh, you know, the term sort of snake oil salesman or, or used car salesman. Um, look, people have a pretty good intuition about whether or not someone is being authentic or if someone's just trying to make a sale. And, and, and in my opinion, one of the best ways to make a sale is to be authentic because then you're not you're not covering up your tracks, right? You're not trying to sell someone something that is it actually isn't true. So I think when you are coaching, teaching, it doesn't matter. I want you to go in with the intent of giving and giving and giving. Don't go in with the intent of taking and taking and taking. 
go in with the intent of giving. And if you do that and you impact people in a positive way, what you will get is a sense of satisfaction because you know that you were uh, you were an integral part of helping them. And that is the give back, knowing that you helped someone. And, and there's just something about that as a, as a coach or a mentor, that is, that's the give back part, right? It, it's, it's, you have to give to receive. And that's something that I think people truly need to understand. So, you know, make sure that you understand your intent and be authentic with what you're trying to do. Absolutely. So, and, and I'm going to go a couple different directions on this. And, and I, I do want to speak to the authentic, authenticity uh, aspect of this first, because authentic can go wrong. Um, it's, there, there is, and, and I've referred to it on other podcasts and we've talked about it. Like I, when I'm traveling, when I leave my hotel room in the morning till I get back in there at night, I understand that I'm kind of on stage, that the things I do uh, are going to be the representation of who I, what, myself, Strong First, FMS, NSCA, whoever I'm presenting with for uh, or doing, I have become a representative of that organization and of myself. And so, you know, I get the fact that, you know, your authentic self might be a little more Samuel L. Jackson uh, <laughs> than uh, than maybe uh, Wilford Brimley um, that talk about different ends of the spectrum. Uh, wow. I don't know how I came up with that. But you you want to be authentic to your mission values, uh, to your um to your goal of helping people. But that doesn't mean that burping, farting, cussing, and uh, picking your nose is, uh, are things I'm just being authentic. Yeah. You know, there, there's a line to be drawn with. I'm just being authentic. Cause yeah. a lot of time when somebody says I'm just being authentic, they're looking for permission to be a jerk. Yeah. They're looking for permission to be rude. They're looking for permission to uh, to act in a certain way because I'm just being authentic. Yeah. Well, maybe authentic you is a little bit of a jerk, and yeah. maybe that's not what you should be uh, putting out there. Um, I've seen that happen from from presentations uh, where people get used to being challenged. Uh, they know the challenge is coming, and so they just present angry. They shut down questions. They shut down the the audience because they don't want the questions they don't want the challenges so they present angry uh which is very different from driving angry uh different 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 movie so definitely when when you're being authentic make sure it's authentic to missions values goals um that it's to that drive of helping people um you know and real quick because humor can be something that people think is part of them being authentic. Be sure you're actually funny before you start trying to use humor. Because uh, if you're in the old saying, if you have to explain the joke, wasn't funny. And just because it's not offensive to you doesn't mean it's not offensive to people that are in the room. And unless you're getting paid to be a comic, which I think should be one of the last bastions of freedom and free speech and the ability to make fun of anybody and everything and everyone. Did I I'm say everyone I'm with twice? you on that. It, no one's it. safe. Let it fly, baby. Exactly. <laughs> but when you're not getting paid as a stand-up comedian uh, or comedian or actor or actress, um, 
and you're teaching or consultation or whatever the case may be, be sure you're actually funny and keep the humor appropriate. Um, be the butt of your own jokes. Do not use the people in the room as, as the butt of your jokes. Now, we originally started this, you know, talking about intent. So if the intent is to sell, if the intent is to teach, if the intent is to teach a skill versus a concept, there's there's different things that get involved there. And so from a presentation style standpoint, um, you're, you're going to be your authentic self, your mission, values, goals, and trying to help people. But there there is a little bit different messaging when you get into each of those. So understanding that intent and being able to surf, because you might go from wanting to teach somebody a skill to teaching a group a concept to trying to sell the next person that's in the room. You got to be able to surf through that. Yeah. And and I think that's where really being a an expert in that field is going to help, right? Because the more that you know about a given field, the more information you can pull from and and, and the more tools you have to to do what you're trying to do. So um, you know, I think a lot a big part of it is just simply um is just uh, you know, a lot of it is just reps and practice, but I think, you know, going back to what you were saying um, earlier about, um, you know, being authentic, I think, yes, I I think we should call it filtered authenticity, right? Like filtered, you know, authenticity with guardrails because like, yeah, I mean, look, there's times in my training sessions where I'm working with someone or I'm just like, I want to be like, yeah, you're weird. Like you are completely <laughs> weird, but I'm not going to say that because that's just not a nice thing to do. But you can have those thoughts, but just don't act upon them and just be nice. Because like at the end of the day, if you say something that's going to, you know, make them feel uncomfortable or offend them, then guess what? Um, you're not going <laughs> to, you're not going to have too many clients. Like that's why we have to have filters. And like Brett said, like if you're a comic, then, you know, you're absolutely, uh, you know, good to go with that, but you have to be, you have to be really smart with what you're uh, saying, especially when you're in an industry that provides a service and in which you're spending hours with people, not minutes. hundred percent. So body language, it matters. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> Listen, I'm not like an FBI agent who can study body language with people, but um, I do I do know this. Um, we know when someone is in a mood, could be a good mood, it could be a bad mood, but we, we can tell when something's up, right? You know, their body language changes. Um, we can tell when someone is, is somewhat inviting versus if someone feels a little bit closed down. Um, uh, speaking of closed, clothes, the clothes that people wear can actually play a large role in that as well, because a big part of it is, you know, if you are presenting, you get to the point where you're lecturing, guess what? They're going to actually put you in different colors that will complement, you know, your skin tone and, and all this other stuff, too. So there's a lot that goes into it. But regardless... Mm -hmm. Your body language matters because how you hold yourself and Harry, how you carry that frame uh, quite often tells a, a larger story than the words that you say. 100%. Um, it, it's a tool. It's, it's, uh, it, it's something that can really make a difference in getting your message across. And um, so two, two aspects of this, your personal body language and then paying attention to others uh, body language, the people that you're interacting with or person that you're uh, that you're uh, interacting with. So for personal body language, um, and and you have to be aware of uh, you have to be aware of how you come across. You need friends and you need people that have seen you present that can can help you with this because some people 
have a tendency to come across as an intimidating uh, person. Um, you know, the the look on their face, um, it, it just, they have that resting, um, tough person face. Um, I won't use any other uh, descriptives uh, for it, but, uh, you know, they just kind of look a little irritated all the time. They're not, it's just their face. Um, and it's just um, your face. It's just your. You're face. fine. You're fine. It's just your face. <laughs> don't don't say that to your client. Everything good now, but yeah, it's just your face. Does your face hurt? Because it's killing me. Killing me. <laughs> oh, that's like right out of middle. That's a dad joke. Hundred uh, percent. So, you know, be aware of your own body body posture, positioning, and closing space with people. Sometimes that can be very intimidating to the person that you're working with. You need to read that other person's body language that if you start to close distance and there's you know, a little bit of a response, you need to pick up on that and stop trying to close the distance. And, and even if you're trying to get closer just to give a tactile cue, like pay attention to how that person's responding. Um, in general, you want to be relaxed. Mm. Um, when, Greg Rose does a, a, a great you know thing on this and, and he does it very naturally now where when he's up in front of a group and he's trying to make a point, he'll drop his arms to his sides with palms forward and just kind of open himself to the crowd. Uh, it's very disarming, actually. Uh, if you think about when somebody's been in front of you and they've got the arms crossed and they got kind of the, the look on their face versus when somebody drops their arms and puts their, their hands out open and towards you, um, that it's very disarming. It's, it's very opening. And, and welcoming. And so there's, there's a lot of, and we can do a whole other podcast on, on a lot of the, uh, the body language uh, sort of stuff um, because it, it really does matter. Um, and we can get into another part of that podcast might be more about on the, uh, how presenting yourself, the, the shirt and pants, the, you know, the, how, how your uh, clothing and um, different things that you can, you can get into. So I, I think that, um, and you need to pick up on other people's body language. Like I said, if you close on somebody and they kind of, they kind of have that little flinch, freaking pay attention to that. Like not everybody wants you in their personal space. And certainly the U S is a little different than some other countries. You know, if you go to a Latin country, you're probably getting hugged uh, at some point. And um, if you travel to different areas, like, People are used to getting shoved into a subway car with a few hundred other people. I don't know if you've ever seen the footage in like Japan where there there are literally people hired to shove bodies onto subway cars and you're just packed in like literally like sardines, um, which are delicious, by the way. And so the um, <laughs> so random and um, so definitely pay attention to body language. Uh, know Know the person that you're working with. Um, and you know, for a lot of people in the fitness industry who look like they're in the fitness industry, right. You have a little bit more muscle mass. You have a little bit uh, more of a, of a presence. Um, you probably need to soften that a bit and, and, and be more relaxed and, and use that kind of arms down palms open sort of, uh, style so that you're, you disarm the, the people that are around you, not physically, but you know, <laughs> This is it's like sort of like Krav Maga. You get to disarm your your <laughs> potential clients. Um, and and lastly, right? So we're talking about the art of communication and, and the importance of communication. And now we're going to talk about words <laughs> because 
we know the intent or we know the importance of the intent, right? And, and we know the importance of body language. Um, but now what you say matters and the way that you say it matters. Um, you know, especially if you are in the business of coaching or, or teaching someone where they're trying to a, uh, acquire a skill that you may have or may have a high knowledge of. So, you know, the way that you coach and the way that you teach and the way that you educate needs to be crystal clear um, because it needs to be absorbable for those individuals that really don't understand it. Because if you think about if you're going out and you're lecturing, whether it's, you know, for us with Strong First or, or FMS or whatever else it is, if we're out there doing that, um, we have a we have experience and we have command. We have experience and we have command of everything. So we know what to say. We know how to field the questions. We know how to communicate that. But when you start off, you're not going to have the reasons why and all of the words. So you're going to have to learn how to navigate those things. You're going to have to learn how to communicate. So the words that you use absolutely matter in the way that you communicate, because if you communicate in a way that they don't understand, it's not going to make a difference. And, and, and the art of communication is literally having the ability to, to, to communicate with anybody. And, and that's a skill in and of itself. Absolutely. Um, and so a couple different directions here, uh, which shouldn't surprise anybody uh, at, at this point. Um, the, your ability to put things uh, into absorbable packages, to your point, to, to speak strength training and, and physiology and, and anatomy uh, in a way that the person you're working with gets it. Uh, don't get enamored of trying to impress people by making things sound all convoluted and complicated. And, and uh, we've, we've both been around some, what we would refer to as pedantic individuals who um, don't just, they lack that ability to speak common uh, about very complicated topics. Um, and, you know, there, I it's, think it's an old Einstein quote. If you don't understand it, if you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it. Uh, so sometimes uh, putting things in a very complicated air uh, is an effort to prevent questions. Don't, this is my level of knowledge on this. Please don't ask me to go any further because there's nothing behind what I just said. Mm -hmm. That's not always the case. Uh, I've been around some people that were really smart. And to them, it was, it was obvious that this is just, this is it. So this is how you talk about it. And it's like, well, I get that, but nobody else in the room understands what you just said. So we should probably say it differently so that yeah. the people in the room get it. Um, when you shift into something like queuing, and we've talked about this before, your queuing should be very rich. It should include auditory, visual, and, and kinesthetic sort of things so that uh, your the language becomes part of this rich queuing that really gets the idea across uh, to, the, to the person that you're working with. Uh, in general, don't mention muscles. Don't tell people to activate X, Y, Z, P, Q, you know, get, get those three fibers of your vastus medialis oblique to fire so that your patellar tracking is, um, yeah, it's not even a real thing anyway, but anyway, your, your, your language matters and then your voice and how you deliver it matters. Um, we've talked about this before on, I, I think on previous podcasts, but your voice is a tool, uh, just like your body language is a tool. 
uh, just like your intent as a tool. And so you can hear different pauses, modulations, excitement in my voice, or something that I'm really just trying to drive the point home on. Use your voice, uh, modulate it, and and uh, practice it. Uh, I've been around other people uh, and presenters, and they have that. They either have a big booming monotone uh, where you can't tell if they're happy, sad, um, excited, or or whatever. It's just the same voice, kind of like the Charlie Brown teacher, right? Wah, 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 wah. Your voice should modulate. Your voice should reflect. Pauses are effective tools. You don't have to go all Paul Harvey, but you should be able to have all of these inflections and things going on. Now, I tend to be a little bit of a louder presenter. Part of using my voice is I have the ability to project. And coming out of cancer treatment for throat cancer, I was very concerned, actually, that I was going to lose part of that ability. And thankfully, it's still with me. My voice box uh, handled the radiation um, and, and actually looks looks good. Uh, so my ability to project and be a little bit of the louder presenter, um, nobody's going to wonder. Uh, and, and don't put a microphone on me and, and speakers. I'll, I'll blow people's freaking eardrums um, because actually me speaking quietly is a whole different skill for me <laughs> when, when I'm presenting. When I'm presenting, I'm going to be a little louder. Now, you talked about Diane. Um, Diane is the quiet presenter. You've actually got to lean in and pay attention and really hear what she's saying. And that's how she pulls people in. Um, two different presentation styles. Neither one of them is right or wrong. It fits the individual. Um, I, I think when I get up and I start doing things, like people are like, oh, yeah, that's Brett. That, that fits. When Diane gets up and she's speaking and presenting in her way, it fits. Uh, same thing when Mike's up up there doing his thing. It it fits Mike's personality and it and it fits Mike's body language. And so, you know, pulling everything together here, all of these things interrelate. Uh, you can have a great voice, crappy body language. You can have a great voice, but you're too pedantic. It's 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 not going to to come across. So, putting all of that together uh, is part of working on this craft. And I, I mentioned it quickly. But it was a it was a speaker school with Greg Rose where um, I got shut I got knocked out of my comfort zone. I I realized there were a lot of things I'd gone presentation blind to, and I was I joke that you could you know prop me up and hit play, and uh, an FMS level one workshop is going to come out of me um, with the same jokes. I feel sorry for people that take these things multiple times from me, but you know it's. I had gotten complacent and it really kicked off a desire for me to up my game. Uh, and even though I'd been doing it for years, I was considered a, a pretty good presenter and, and had done a, a lot of different things at that point. Boy, I really wanted to elevate my game. I really wanted to present better and to be a more effective communicator. And uh, I feel like I've, I've done that uh, in a lot of ways. Can I get better? Always. Um, now, also part of me as a presenter is I, I like to be a little goofy. Uh, I like to joke around. I like to make fun of myself. I like to, you know, do do little things to get people laughing. Because if you're not laughing, you're not learning. But I'm not up there being a stand-up comedian. I'm not trying to, you know, use insult comedy uh, to, to, to get people laughing. 
you know, it's it's stuff that and it could be dad jokes. Um best best dad joke ever is how do you know when a joke becomes a dad joke? When it's apparent. <laughs> I I got nothing beyond that. <laughs> um anywho yeah i don't even know what to, i don't even know what to say with that right now um anywho anyways we're gonna wrap this up but i do want to do a quick review because we did cover three bullet points here so um so the first thing remember if you are going to be teaching coaching lecturing do it from a place of authenticity do it from a place of caring and wanting to help and and if you do that um you're going to come across more authentic and uh people are going to you know, are going to be buying what you're selling because you're going to be true to yourself and you're not just going to come off as a uh, snake oil salesman. But remember, you still have to have a little bit of filter as Brett was referring to. Um, so just, you know, know why you're doing it and be authentic with your with your delivery. Um, number two, body language does matter. That closed down position where you look like you hate the world. Yeah, that's probably not going to go so well at a job interview. Or, you know, if that is how you present yourself as a as a coach with a brand new client, they're not going to want to spend time with you. So pay attention to your body language in general. And, you know, that, that could be something where you could actually, you know, talk to, if you have a mentor or, or someone, you know, your, your manager or someone maybe that you look up to, and maybe they could give you feedback on how you're moving and how you stand and how you present and how you interact with people, because maybe you are getting a little bit uh, blind to your habits. And then lastly, uh, words do matter. And I, I think, you know, Brett was talking about like how to speak and and using inflection and 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 how to modulate your voice. All, all I could think about was, do you remember the Saturday Night Live? Uh, it was a skit with Will Ferrell, and he was a guy that he's like, my name is blah blah blah, and I have voice modulation disorder, and he was just <laughs> talking this monotone voice, and that's all I could think of. But then it it reminds me of of Anchorman as well, which I mean is a is a, is an amazing movie, but um, but that's. Sorry, I just I, I go off, I go off track with that stuff, but um, squirrel, totally. But anyways, um, you know, words do matter, and how you present, how you pause, absolutely plays a role. And you know, I think another thing to do, an easy, simple way to practice inflection is just take a statement um, and emphasize each word uh, of of the sentence. So if we say something like, "I am a huge fan of kettlebell training." You could go, I am a huge fan of kettlebell training, or you could make the second word and, and have a pause that have a pause there. I am a huge fan of kettlebell training. So if you learn to pause on different, you know, parts of the sentence, it's going to allow you to change the way that you communicate with people. So you can have a little bit more of a, an emphasis or a little bit more of a dramatic effect. So people will focus or highlight there. So, um, cause you don't want to put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. That would not be good. Crazy. These guys, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, that's my bad Christopher Walken, but uh, probably one of the examples of uh, somebody that mastered a, a way of speaking that made him very unique uh, in his craft uh, of, of acting. Um, and it's literally something he taught himself to do because it, it differentiated him from everybody else that was walking in to uh, audition for a role. So just an example of uh, how powerful the, uh, the voice and inflection and things can be. Uh, final thought there is um, smile mm -hmm. and make eye contact. Not Don't creepy. Hold, 
Don't hold it for too long. Don't hold it for too long. Uh, you get beyond three to five seconds of eye, of eye contact, and that means something very different yep. than if you make eye contact yes. and move along. Exactly. But smile. Yeah. I, I, I don't care how tough you are. You might be tough as a nickel steak. And that's a movie quote. And you need to know where it came from by the next podcast. But you might be tough as a nickel steak. You don't have to look like it. Smile. Be nice. I've been around some of the legitimately strongest people on the planet. 99% of them are the nicest people you'd ever want to run into. Uh, and they're smiling and they're laughing. Uh, and uh, it, it it speaks to a confidence that that's underneath there. If you have to just present yourself as hard all the time, um, that says something as well, uh, especially to me, it does. Uh, so smile. Make eye contact. Uh, be pleasant. Be nice. <laughs> nice. Tell you what, um, I've mentioned it before. Lee Cockrell, who's a uh, CEO at uh, at Disney, I think, uh, asked like his twelve year old niece, "What do you want when you go, you know, into a store?" She's like, "I want it to be clean and I want people to be nice." It's like, man, doesn't get it, much simpler than that, it, right? Simple does it. Simple does it. Well, there you have it, friends. Another one in the books. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, you know what to do. Get us, uh, Send us a positive review on whatever platform you're listening to. All, uh, or you can also share this with your friends, family, um, anybody that's in front of other people, really. This is uh, this is important stuff. And, and the art of communication is... And this is, look, this is like the, the, you know, the high, high level view. There's so much more that we're going to you know, dive into on, on, on some other episodes, but, um, look, take those basics, right. Practice, um, get some feedback, rinse and repeat, and that's how you're going to get better. So, uh, we appreciate you guys and we'll see you on the next episode. Hey friends. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're going to ask you for a favor. Please leave us some positive reviews. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks again for listening to the minimum effective dose podcast.